0: Hello and welcome to My Daily Trivia. I'm your host, Danny, and today is Thursday, August 10th, and I hope you're having a wonderful day. If this is your first time listening, I, of course, want to say welcome. My Daily Trivia is a 10-round quiz show with no specific themes, topics, or categories. We do, however, have a new episode every day, Monday through Friday, with each day getting progressively harder. So today is, of course, Thursday, which means today will be relatively challenging. Tomorrow will be a little bit harder, And we'll start off again on Monday, getting a little bit easier. So if today is a bit of a challenge for you, not to worry. I encourage you to listen tomorrow. Listen to Friday's episode anyway. You never know when you might surprise yourself. You might know the answer to a question. And if you don't, you might learn something. Then again, if this episode seems to be a little too easy for you, well, check in tomorrow. It will be the hardest day of the week. So without further delay, let's get into today's round of questions with... Question number one. What is the name of the phenomenon that occurs when a massive star collapses under its own gravity, resulting in a powerful explosion? And that phenomenon is called a supernova. A supernova is a powerful and luminous explosion of a star. A supernova occurs during the last evolutionary stages of a massive star or when a white dwarf is triggered into runaway nuclear fusion. The original object, called the progenitor, either collapses to a neutron star or a black hole or is completely destroyed to form a diffuse nebula. The peak optical luminosity of a supernova can be comparable to that of an entire galaxy before fading over several weeks or months. In 185 AD, Chinese astronomers noticed a bright light in the sky. Documenting their observations in the Book of Later Han, these ancient astronomers noted that it sparkled like a star, appeared to be half the size of a bamboo mat, and did not travel through the sky like a comet. Over the next eight weeks, this celestial visitor slowly faded from sight. They called it a guest star, but two millennia later, in 1960, scientists found hints of this mysterious visitor in the remnants of a supernova approximately 8,000 light years away. The supernova, SN 185, is the oldest known supernova recorded. By humankind. So that phenomenon once again is called a supernova. Moving on to question two. In Greek mythology, who was the goddess of wisdom, warfare, and handicrafts? And that goddess was Athena. Athena is an ancient Greek goddess associated with wisdom, warfare, and handicraft who was later syncretized with the Roman goddess Minerva. Athena was regarded as the patron and protectress of various cities across Greece, particularly the city of Athens, from whom she most likely received her name. The Parthenon on the Acropolis of Athens is dedicated to her. Her major symbols include owls, olive trees and snakes, and in art she is generally depicted wearing a helmet and holding a spear. Uh, Fun fact in Greek mythology, Athena was believed to have been born from the forehead of her father Zeus, which is quite shocking when you think about it, but uh, that is Athena, the goddess of wisdom, warfare, handicraft, born of the forehead of her father Zeus. Moving on to question three, How many federal capital cities does South Africa have? Okay, and that is not a trick question. The answer there is three. South Africa is fairly unique compared with other countries as it boasts three capital cities instead of just one. The reason for the three cities is that there is one for each branch of the government in the country. The government is divided into three different branches, the legislative, executive, and judicial. Cape Town is the legislative center of the country and also the seat of Parliament. Pretoria houses the executive branch and is the seat of the cabinet and the president. Bloemfontein is the judicial branch and where the Supreme Court of Appeal is based. In 1910, when the Union of South Africa was formed, there was great dispute about the location of the new country's capital city. A compromise was reached to spread a balance of power throughout the country, and this led to the current capital cities. This kind of dispute seems to not be very uncommon in ex-colonies. As we discussed in Episode 8, Australia's capital of Canberra was the result of a compromise when Australia gained independence. And there was an argument between Sydney and Melbourne on who should be the capital city. So they selected Canberra, which was a geographically uh, central location. If you wanna learn more about that, you can go listen to episode eight from July 26, where we discuss that a little bit more in depth. But South Africa has three capital cities. Moving on to question number four. Which element has the atomic number 92? And that is the element of uranium. Uranium is a chemical element with the symbol U and atomic number 92. It is a silvery-gray metal in the actinine series of the periodic table. A uranium atom has 92 protons and 92 electrons, of which 6 are valence electrons. Uranium radioactivity decays by emitting an alpha particle. The half-life of this decay varies between 159,000 and 4.5 billion years for different isotopes, making them useful for dating the age of the Earth. Uranium has the highest atomic weight of the primordially occurring elements. Its density is about 70% higher than that of lead and slightly lower than that of tungsten or gold. It occurs naturally in low concentrations of a few parts per million in soil, rock, and water and is commercially extracted from uranium-bearing minerals such as uranite. Moving on to question five. Who painted the famous artwork, The Night's Watch? And that artist was Rembrandt. The Night's Watch is a 1642 painting by Rembrandt Van Rich It is in the collection of the Amsterdam Museum and is one of the most famous paintings from the Dutch Golden Age. Also known as Militia Company of District 2 under the command of Captain Franz Bannock Koch and also known as the Shooting Company of Franz Bannock Koch and William Van Rotenburg. The Night's Watch is also famous for its size being approximately 12 feet by 14 and a half feet. That is 363 by 437 centimeters. Here's something interesting. The painting was actually commissioned around 1639 by Captain Bannock Cook and 17 members of his cloveniers, Those are the civil militia guards. Uh, Apparently this is quite common back in the day to have them commissioned as sort of a group portrait. However, what made this painting very unique is that it uh, not only played with shadows and light, but it also played with the idea of movement as opposed to just a group picture. Um, All of the 17 members are actually featured in the painting, Uh, so this painting is not only famous for its size and its shadow and its lighting, but also the fact that all of the members uh, were real people. So that was Rembrandt, who painted the Night Watch. Moving on to question six, which baseball player holds the record for the most career home runs in Major League Baseball history? And that player was Barry Bonds. In the sport of baseball, a home run is a hit in which the batter scores by circling all the bases and reaching home plate in just one play without the benefit of a fielding or defensive error. Barry Bonds holds the Major League Baseball home run record with 762. He passed Hank Aaron, who hit 755, on August seventh, two 2007. The only other players to have hit 700 or more are Babe Ruth with 714 and Albert Puyos with 703. Alex Rodriguez hit 696, Willie Mays hit 660, Ken Griffey Jr. hit 630, Jim Thome hit 612, and Sammy Sosa hit 609, and they are the only other players to have hit 600 or more. Recognized as an all-around player, Barry Bonds received a record 7 National League Most Valuable Player Awards and 12 Silver Slugger Awards, along with 14 All-Star selections. Not only does he hold the record for the most career home runs at 762, he also has the most home runs in a single season, with 73 set in 2001, and the most career walks. For his defensive play in the outfield, he won eight Golden Glove Awards. He also has 514 stolen bases, becoming the first and only MLB player to date, with at least 500 home runs and 500 stolen bases. Moving on to question seven. What is the highest mountain in New Zealand? The highest mountain in New Zealand is Aoraki or Mount Cook. Aoraki or Mount Cook is the highest mountain in New Zealand. Its height as of 2014 is listed as 12,218 feet or 3,724 meters. It sits in the Southern Alps, the mountain range that runs the length of the South Island. A popular tourist destination, it is also the favorite challenge for mountain climbers. Aoraki or Mount Cook consists of three summits. From south to north, it is the low peak, the middle peak, and the high peak. The summits lie slightly south and east of the main divide of the Southern Alps, with the Tasman Glacier to the east and the Hooker Glacier to the southwest. In the traditions of Nage Tahu Iwi, an early name for the South Island is Tiwaka Aoraki. Aoraki or Mount Cook, became known to the Maori after their arrival in New Zealand sometime around the 14th century AD. The first Europeans who may have seen a or Mount Cook were members of Abel Tasman's crew who just saw a large land uplifted high, uh, which was probably some part of the Southern Alps, while they were off the west coast of the South Island, just north of present-day Greymouth. The English name of Mount Cook was given to the mountain in 1851 by Captain John Lort Stokes to honor Captain James Cook, who surveyed and circumnavigated the islands of New Zealand in 1770. Captain Cook did not actually cite the mountain during his exploration. Uh, the, the mountain was simply named later on. So, the highest mountain in New Zealand is Aoraki, also known as Mount Cook. Moving on to question number eight. In the TV show Breaking Bad, what is the street name and signature blue color of the high-quality methamphetamine produced by Walter White and Jesse Pinkman? And that methamphetamine was called Blue Sky. Blue Sky, also known as Big Blue, Blue Magic, Fringe Blue or simply Blue, was the street name coined for the notoriously potent and 99.1% chemically pure crystal methamphetamine manufactured by Walter White and Jesse Pinkman. After experiences in the meth trade with Crazy Eights and Emilio, Walter and Jesse eventually decide to expand their drug operations by selling their product to Tuco Salamanca a powerful but psychopathic drug distributor. The two begin to expand their operations by stealing a large drum of methylene, thereby allowing them to produce large quantities of meth for Tuco. The methylene allows them to bypass the difficulty of acquiring pseudofeteran, and the new method gives their product a blue color while continuing to be highly pure and chemically potent. Despite having limited success during its initial amateur manufacture by Walter White and Jesse Pinkman, the blue meth eventually becomes widespread for its remarkable quality and purity, becoming popular in the United States and eventually even reaching as far as Europe. The meth was the signature of Walter and Jesse and the building block of the drug empire, which eventually became the largest meth operation in American history. So in the tv show breaking bad the street name of that methamphetamine was blue sky moving on to question nine what is the traditional south american dish popular in peru made from raw fish typically marinated in citrus juices and seasoned with onions and chili peppers that popular dish is ceviche. Ceviche is a dish consisting of fish or shellfish marinated in citrus and seasonings. Different versions of ceviche are part of the culinary culture of various Spanish-American countries along the Pacific Ocean, where each one is native. Chile, Colombia, Costa Rica, Ecuador, El Salvador, Guatemala, Honduras, Mexico, Nicaragua, Panama, and Peru. In Peru, it is considered a flagship dish and cultural heritage. Some of the most frequently used citrus fruits are lemon and sour lime, although sour orange was also historically used. The dressing also includes some local varieties of chili pepper or chili, replaced by mustard in some locations in Central America. Some preparations include chopped cilantro, and in the rest of the countries, except Chile, Panama, and Peru, the addition of tomato sauce is common. The meat is usually marinated together with sliced or chopped onion, and in Mexico, tomato and avocado are also usually included. So, that traditional South American dish, once again, is ceviche. Moving on to our last question of the day, question number 10 during which battle was Napoleon Bonaparte defeated, leading to his exile to X-Island and eventually his final exile on St. Helena. And that final battle was the Battle of Waterloo. The Battle of Waterloo was fought on Sunday, the 18th of June in 1815, near Waterloo, which at that time, in the United Kingdom of Netherlands, which is now in Belgium. A French army, under the command of Napoleon, was defeated by two of the armies of the 7th Coalition. One of these was a British-led coalition consisting of units from the United Kingdom, the Netherlands, Hanover, Brunswick, and Nassau, under the command of Duke of Wellington. The other was composed of three corps of the Prussian army under the command of Field Marshal von Blucher. The battle marked the end of the Napoleonic Wars. Napoleon abdicated his throne four days later, and the coalition forces entered Paris on the 7th of July. The defeat at Waterloo ended Napoleon's rule as Emperor of the French and marked the end of his 100 days' return from exile. So that will conclude this round of My Daily Trivia. Once again, if you found this round to be simple, I encourage you to check in tomorrow on Friday where we will make it the hardest day of the week. And as always, if you found this episode to be a bit of a challenge, I encourage you to listen tomorrow anyway. You never know, you might surprise yourself and know the answer to a question. As always, we want to encourage you to tell your friends, tell your family about our show. We are trying to always expand the community here at My Daily Trivia. And I want to thank each of you again for listening to My Daily Trivia. I'm your host, Danny, and I will see you tomorrow on Friday.